0: So every three months we have a pest control contractor that we do as a preventative maintenance. Uh we go through and I have my maintenance supervisor go through with the pest control and that at that same time the maintenance greets the tenants if they're there and we make sure that you know the condition of the unit as well and that we're not missing any uh preventative maintenance um that they that may not be calling us for.
1: It is a common saying amongst real estate investors that you make money when you buy, not when you sell. While this catchy phrase has value, it fails to convey how easy it is to lose money through poor property management. Whether you self-manage or hire a professional, it is important to understand how to navigate the common pitfalls and challenges with rental properties without losing your shirt or your mind. That's why you have tuned in to maximizing your property value The Apartment Owner's Guide to Operating Rental Properties as a Successful Business. I'm your host, John Stiles, real estate agent and team leader of the VIP real estate group at Bridge Realty. As a current multifamily investor and former property manager myself, I understand the headaches and difficulties of keeping an investment property from becoming a money pit and time sucker. It takes a solid business plan. It takes tested systems and it takes key team members to actually find success so let's take a deep dive and maximize your property value welcome back everybody to another episode of maximizing your property value i'm very pleased to have you join us today and today i have the pleasure of introducing our guest who is rob beninati rob thanks so much for coming on the show today
0: thank you for inviting me
1: of course And uh, Rob and I kind of know each other through a Facebook group that Rob is uh, hosting, and it has a lot to do with asset management and, um, you know, bringing value to this community. And so that's why I thought Rob would be a great person to have on the show, and uh, maybe we can reference that uh, Facebook group later on so people can know how to find it. But just a little bit about Rob. So he is a New Orleans native with over 30 years of construction and renovation experience. He has influenced major projects, most recently a $1.7 million condo conversion. Uh, seeing a change in the market, Rob sees the opportunity to begin a career in commercial and multifamily management. And for the last eight years, Rob has been the regional vice president of development and management to a 600 door portfolio valued at over $100 million in uh, this short time. Uh, During this time, he has helped achieve unprecedented growth and increased revenue, nearly doubling the portfolio's value. In the past, Robert has managed portfolios up to 7,000 units in six states, managing maintenance, construction crews, and property management staff. Rob has a deep passion for real estate and is a certified FEMA inspector as well. He has learned the business from the ground up, flipping houses and house hacking a Katrina damaged property. A hardworking individual, Robert's unchanging passion for real estate is demonstrated in every aspect of his daily life. So uh, that's a little introduction about Rob. And why don't you go ahead and fill us in a little bit more about your background, you know, fill in some of those gaps and let us know how you got into uh, real estate to begin with.
0: Sure. Sure. Um, I've been in a renovation construction field actually, uh, about 30 years. I was in, uh, the corporate big box, um, companies and worked my way into corporate, uh, for those um, overseeing national, um, national accounts. And then it could be from construction companies to, um, construction maintenance and, uh, just saw, you know, a lot of the, um, you know benefits of being a real estate investor and uh learned a lot from from uh dealing with those kind of uh clientele and I uh, left the corporate world and um went into management when I was picked up by uh investor that was overseeing seven thousand units and he wanted me to go into overseeing the maintenance uh construction and through my career um corporate uh, I also did a lot of construction on the side also, uh, but the first investment I've ever done was, uh, for Katrina and it was a house that was sitting for two years, um, that was flooded. And, uh, that, my first investment property was a full rehab from roof down. So it was total gut and, um, did really well with that first, uh, house. And, uh, ever since I've been investing in uh real estate, and then um, also pursuing uh, the management uh, role with two different uh, investors. Now, presently, I uh, oversee uh, about six hundred units now, and uh, he's also investment uh, management and develop uh, development company. Okay. Yeah.
1: Very uh, very impressive. I think um, to oversee six hundred units or even or seven thousand units at, in your previous role. Um, I can only imagine all the different moving parts. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the different roles in the management structure and the ownership structure in order to kind of keep all those moving parts organized and, you know, uh, everything moving in the right direction?
0: Sure. Um, You know, one of the biggest things that I I strive on every day is, is to be really proactive, you know, so not only with, ownership, bringing on more properties, but knowing what's coming, what, what, uh, what market it is. Um, you know, it's one of the biggest things in investment and even in management is knowing your surrounding markets, uh, or your market, uh, competitors, you know, knowing what, uh, value adds that you could do to the apartments, um, interior or exterior without over adding, you know, with, without over, um, putting too much money into it where it's not going to benefit the rent increase or the expense. So really being one of the biggest things it would really be to be preactive and know what your surrounding markets are and what your competitors are doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that's really important. So tell us a little bit about the structure of the company. And so are you, overseeing several on-site managers or what size properties are, are the current portfolio made up of?
0: So the present portfolio is a uh, very mixed, very diverse. So we have a lot of, uh, duplexes, um, not necessarily single home, but it's, uh, from 12 plex to 24 to 30 plex, uh, 72 unit, 68 units. So, um, I have, um, it's actually a, just a team. So we don't have individual managers at the properties. Um, so everything is done, uh, remotely. We have a office, but we do have, you know, leasing agents. I have a maintenance supervisor. I have a maintenance crew. Um, uh, but everything is constructed through me. Um, so, um, you know, inspection, everything is, is comes through me, but through my team, so we we do not have, because those units are small, too small to have an on-site property a manager. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what is your team made up of different, uh, I assume, leasing agents and uh, maintenance people? And so what does it look like, though, for you?
0: Yeah, so I have, um, let's see, I have three leasing agents. I have one that is just in the office all day long. Um, she does, uh, office calls, uh, help scheduling appointments, um, help marketing. And then the leasing agents, I have them just selling. So they, they do the calling, um, you know, the, um, help with the scheduling, but also qualify. You know, that's one of the biggest things with leasing is, is you want to make sure that, you know, when you do schedule an appointment that that person knows what the rent is, what our qualifications are. Um, you know, if that, if that rental unit is going to be right for them instead of wasting time. So we have a leasing team. Then I also have, um, two accounting, um, county associates, uh, have, um, more of a controller because we also get into the portfolio has restaurants, um, have some service industry, coffee shop. It's very diverse. Um, but that, that um, account controller basically is in the service industry um, part of the portfolio. Then I also have a a maintenance supervisor, four other maintenance guys, and then I also have my own um, subcontractors that we use on different projects and when needed. Okay, but all controlled through me. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a lot there. So how do you keep it all organized? Do you have a certain software that you prefer to use?
0: So we, we use uh property wear, um, for all that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of old school, but I, I use a erasable board. I mean, I think you've probably seen it on my Facebook. Uh, I've posted it and, um, you know, what one big thing that's really helped me is being visual. So, <laughs> You know, I have a board that you know has the vacancies. I have a board upcoming um people that have put in notice for notice given already. So once they put in a notice given, it goes on a board, we start marketing it. Um so the leasing agents and everyone knows that hey this is coming up. Um let's get it pre-leased and um yeah, and then once it's approved, we move it to another board where we make sure that all the leases are done um, community rules assigned, um, you know, electricity utilities are turned into their name. So that's kind of a big part of my office. So it keeps everybody engaged. And then on top of that, you know, maintenance can come in and also see, Hey, look, this unit's coming up. And then it, they're also my eyes, um, in the field too. So maintenance is my maintenance supervisors is always running around. So if he sees somebody moving out, um you know he, he gets with me and the leasing team and say hey look this person's moving out did they put in their notice so yeah it's a, a lot of a lot of moving parts but it's um you know like with everything and it's it's huge when you have a good team and everybody's communicating um to you know have that same goal to have to be proactive on anything you know running knowing people moving out marketing it all kind of jealous together, especially when your team knows what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the, uh, being visual. Um, that's how I, you know, best kind of learn and, and stay in on top of things. So that's definitely helpful to have a kind of a scoreboard or something to that effect.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. We have, you know, I have a system for everything. It may not be, uh, Everything in the computer, but uh, um you know the computer the property software is accurate, so if you pull up the reporting on uh property uh spreadsheet, it'll match what's on the board, so the owners you know talking about the owners or um you know that's only the owners above me, but they can see that also, so if they have questions, they can pull it all up in the um the property wear software uh, management software, and they could see that it matches um, or they can see without coming in- into the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so does the owner have a, a certain numbers that they track on a weekly basis or monthly basis that you kind of go over with them uh, at a routine meeting or something like that?
0: Um. I am in touch with them. I mean, I've been with this company for about six years. They kind of know, um, my accounting team, they, they give us, um, basically daily, uh, reporting, especially on, on rent collection. Um, everything is communicated through, uh, emails also and spreadsheets. So everything's updated almost, almost daily to weekly, depending on what it is. Um so any any time that we get a um applicant approved, um I have my leasing um office staff, which is one position with the leasing team, um if, if something is approved, it gets communicated to all the owners, accounting, uh, myself and leasing agents. So everybody's also getting things through email. Um so the communication is just constant. Um not only with you know, visual boards, but computers, emails. So we kind of use a little bit of all the tools to um, keep that communication um, tight.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That's really important. Everybody's staying informed and, you know, staying on track there. Right. So one of the things I want to ask about is how you came up with your team. I assume you have some sort of hiring process and vetting process to make sure your team members are a good fit for the kind of the culture that you've created in the company. Um, can you speak to that a
0: little bit? Sure. Um, you know, it's kind of a little bit off of, but this is something that I've always done in property management is, um, you know, lease, especially leasing, leasing is a sales position. I, I hire people that have been in the sales position, somewhere else. So, uh, one of my best, uh, leasing agents were actually, um, a door-to-door salesperson. And she was, I mean, it was all commission. So she knew that if she didn't sell, you know, she wasn't going to make money. So, um, that's what I look for. I look for people that are aggressive. They, they, they salespeople. Um, and quite a few of them uh, actually been out of, uh, service industry. Like a waiter or a waitress, because not only you know you have to have that customer uh relations, you, you need to know how to treat every personality, and then also at the end of the day, you know you're working to do your best to get a tip, and you know it just it's one of those things that um you know personality and being in that sales or that service industry um has created some really good leasing agent and even property managers. Um, when I worked for the bigger uh, portfolio, some of my uh, property managers were you know, bartenders or um, uh, wait staff because they knew that their customer service had to be there. And when you do give that, that customer service, um, you know it goes a long way with, with, with selling leases or selling your apartment, your property. And then obviously, I would train them the way I want it to be trained. Um, They want, I want, and uh, understand our process. You know, a lot of different property management companies, um, they have their way of, of doing things. And if you hire somebody that comes in from another property management company, they may be used to this one way or this different software. Well, you know, sometimes there's, um, you know, conflict when you bring them into a, a different company with a different software, a different um, program. You know, so. But yeah, I've I've always looking look for people that have been sales oriented, customer service oriented, um, and have done really well. That's how I hire most of uh, my staff.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's really important. I I agree. You know, because the. Tenants, the residents, are our customers, and it's important yep. to treat them as such. So,
0: yeah, exactly. That's that, and that that goes a long way. Definitely does.
1: Yep. So you've talked about the kind of differences in the leasing process. Um, can you mention anything about your leasing process that you have kind of developed over the years, and what's really important that you make sure your leasing agents don't forget to do this, you know, these steps type of thing?
0: You know, there's there's three things that I've. Or um, the first thing is to qualify. So um, you know, know when they want to move in, what what their budget is, and be uh, up front. You know, if your your budget is only six hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars, we may not have something for them. It's going to be, you know, a waste of time for them. It's going to be a waste of time for my leasing agent. Not saying that we don't want them to rent with us. But if it's out of their budget, it's out of their budget. Um, you know, so knowing when they want to move in, what their budget is, and if there's a certain area they want to live in, you know, because this portfolio um, is all over New Orleans, uh, all the way into Mississippi um, in the suburbs of New Orleans. So we, we asked them, you know, are you going to have uh, animals? Do you want a yard? So, The, um, the biggest thing is qualifying making sure that they, you, you know, the leasing agents know what they want and they're telling us what they want. And then we can match up, um, the right property for them instead of showing them, you know, five units or five different properties, we can narrow it down to the most three. And that way it's not wasting any time for anyone. And then we can, you know, um, you know, get that sale or get that, that lease is what I call it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that that's the biggest thing is qualify them before they, they even schedule an appointment.
1: Yep. That makes sense. Do you typically do your qualifying over the phone or is, is do you use any software for that process?
0: Um, everything is over the phone or by email. So, um, you know, all our leads come into email or through, um, you know, some type of marketing. So Zillow, Craigslist, Facebook. Um, So the ads that we put, we create, we try to answer the questions in the ad. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't read the whole ad. So we still ask those questions, you know, before we schedule the appointment. But yeah, most of it goes through um, personally through phone or a phone call or um, through email. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Makes sense. Yeah, very good. So once somebody has expressed interest in your, one of the units there, how do you process them? Uh, what's the application like so that, you know, that continues to be efficient use of time and um, a good ex- experience for those applicants?
0: Sure. So um, obviously we we have, uh, you know, forms that we can send them. We, we also have them that we can hand out at the, the appointment. Um, it's an application process where uh, they have to fill out um, their information, you know, obviously, um, you know, background, referrals, as far as uh, landlords. Um, we also have it on our website, so they can go to our website. If somebody called and says that they're in California, they're moving in, um, they can go to our website. We can also send it through the emails, which is, um, um, you know, in our drive. It's already saved, so we can just send it out and we have a checklist too that goes with it and a checklist will tell them hey we're looking for three times the rent we need proof of that um you know id we are going to do a criminal and a credit background and it's all um approved based on everything that we receive and if it's not um if things are missing it it won't be approved and it won't be processed so we tell them that um also up front so before we do do anything far as take a deposit or anything like that. We do let them know that until they have all that information, we won't we will not give them an answer until we do qualify them correctly. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, very good. And I know you've you mentioned earlier about your your scoreboards or leaderboards where you keep track of these available units. Um, are you also tracking like number of showings or the time on market and that? that type of stuff?
0: Yeah. So um, it was kind of like two different uh, questions, but the board and in the computer does show exactly when they move out. So that's going to tell us when they moved out, when it got it, when it was available, when our maintenance went in, the clean or paint, whatever. And then when it is available. Um, I also write notes in the computer. So if, um, you know, the owners or accounting or whatever wants to see it and they're not in the office, they can tell, they can see that, you know, we're renovating the bathroom or we had to change some cabinet. So the bigger things like that are definitely going to be noted. Um, and then after it's finished, you know, it does say that it's um, available. Um, then far as um, the other question, yes, the leads and everything, the leasing agents do that. So every day, they have a little recap that they have to um, fill out and it's actually on their calendar. Um, In their calendar, it says uh, how many leads they had, how many emails, how many showings, um, where that lead came from, which is very important. So it's basically, um, you know, um, your, your KPI. So it's going to tell you where those leads came from um, you know, if they were qualified, if they weren't. So yes, it's a team effort with the leasing team and we do keep track of all that.
1: Yeah. Speaking about where the leads came from in your marketplace, do you uh, typically have to do a lot of, or spend a lot on marketing or is it mostly through free advertising, like, you know, Facebook marketplace and that type of thing?
0: You know what? Um, I use every free thing that there is. Uh, I'm telling you my marketing um, expense Per year is maybe five hundred dollars. Okay. And not, I'm not exaggerating. And and the, the things that I buy or um like keychains. Like we have keychains for everyone that moves in. Um we put a keychain from from our management company with the phone number. And when they get their keys, when they do the move in, they have a keychain on their key. So they know, you know, this is a nice little gift, but um, you know, if they meet friends, all they do is just look at the key, they see that keychain and they and I'll contact every day. Um, you know, pens, um things like that, that that's really where most of my marketing is. But everything else is through uh Zillow, Hot Craigslist, Facebook. Um, Craigslist still works. I mean he works all, it, and it's all free. So yeah, that's where most of our leads come from. Um, so yeah, I pretty much use everything free.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I think, uh, in my marketplace here up in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, um, we have a lot of uh, good experience as well with those free services. So it's good. Just good to know what other people are doing. Oh yeah, definitely. So why don't we switch a little bit and talk more about the maintenance, capital improvements and that type of stuff. Um, I, and I think this uh, may be where you 've spent a lot of your time as well in renovations, so uh, can you talk a little bit about, for example, how do you decide which renovations to do, which ones are going to be the best you know bang for the buck, the most uh, improving your rents the the longest lasting um, you know that type of stuff
0: well the 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 biggest thing is really knowing what the competitors have okay so if right down the street you have you know a thousand dollar one bedroom and they have granite they have you know um you know really good floors uh far as uh real wood floors or something like that um you know that's kind of what you wanna look at, but if you're you know for us and just for example, we're already at eight ninety five. We may not have the granite or anything, so we may add that granite and add a little value to it. Or if we had carpet, um, we may want to change it into a laminate if we can. You know, wood look. It's not going to cost as much, um, you know, but in the long run, it will give that curb appeal. It will give it that look um, to get that hundred dollar uh, rent bump. And then on the top of that um one big thing that i i have always looked at and one of the biggest values and a lot of people are doing it now is the vinyl um vinyl wood look flooring uh get away from carpet i mean i know most people are doing that but the, the way to look at that is not only it's it's curb appeal um is looking really good um but the the um the turnaround when you can go in and not have to bring in a carpet machine, you know, get cleaner and clean carpet, which we have our own carpet cleaner, but to come in and mop a floor sweep and mop a floor is $10 versus, you know, $40, $50. um, If you have to get somebody to clean it or get cleaner. Um, So the turnover is a lot quicker also. So, really comparing the answer, I guess, would be comparing it to, you know, what your competitors have, what price range or what market rate they're at, and then compare and see what you can do. um, You know, that's going to be what's going to be a good expense to get that value back, because you don't want to put something in where you're going to raise rents for $50, but it's going to take you you know, three years to make that improvement. Uh, So you definitely want to, you know, try to do apples for apples, but see if it's going to be worth it also.
1: Yep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously you don't want to over-improve the building. Um, So how do you go about your research of other, you know, competing properties? Are you doing property tours? Are your leasing agents doing property tours? Um, Or are you just kind of looking at what's available online?
0: A little bit of a little bit of everything really, so um you know i've I've had tours myself and my wife just as we look in I've had leasing agents do it um we also uh what's a great tool by Zillow is once you have an account, you can actually set up parameters um of uh you know rentals in that area, so if we have an apartment complex that's in this area that's one bedroom, one bath. You know, it's a uh, 550 square feet. Um, you know, with washer and dryer, you can put those parameters in uh, Zillow or Hotpad, and and you can get those market um, ads sent to you as as saying, "Hey, this may be something good for you," and it just comes right to email. So not only you know I see them, the leasing agents see them, and they can say, "Oh, wow, that this uh." this apartment just did renovation. This is what it is. And this is what they bumped it at. So we, we are always seeing um, leads and market uh, information coming to us um, just by doing that simple thing. And that's, again, that's no cost. You just put, just like you would be looking for a rental and we get that information every day.
1: Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. It's good to pay attention to the marketplace and uh, kind of, Keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on, what's what other properties are offering, and see how that compares to your own offering. So that's really good.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So then um, what about keeping your maintenance uh, contractors, you know, providing the quality that you need and uh, staying on task? Because we all know that. Um, many owners and managers have issues with their contractors or handyman, whatever they might be using. Um, so, what systems or processes have you put into pr- practice with those people uh, to keep them on track?
0: Um, personally, I go check a lot of them, especially if it's a uh, renovation. Um, I mean, I'm overseeing a condo project right now, so every week um, it's kind of routine. Monday I get the invoices. I go walk the units, uh, personally. And, um, and that's how I, I do most of them, especially with the subcontractors. Um, I have a, a maintenance supervisor that does a lot of the work in the field and then he will, um, and I trust, and, and I've kind of trained him also, but he's been in uh, maintenance for a long time. So he knows what to look for also. So he, um, kind of um, checks on a lot of subcontractors also. So if it's an AC that went out at one of the apartments or we had to do a renovation at a bathroom, I would more or less go and look at the renovation, but he would also um, you know, kind of keep keep an eye on it too so we can look at it and check it, And which is very important when you're doing renovations with a contractor is to check it not when they start, and at the end, but you definitely need to check it in between to make sure they're doing it right. It may look good at the end, but it could be installed totally wrong if you didn't check it during the renovation, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to just keeping eyes on the project. But I imagine that can be challenging since you have properties that are scattered over a, a wide variety, a wide area. So you mentioned yourself as one of the main people that keeps your eyes on these things and also your project manager right uh, is there anything else that's kind of important to keep in mind to keep all those things straight and and you know i'm i myself just find myself you know kind of going in too many different directions especially with the geographical spread of of the properties so
0: yeah well you know one thing i've i've done is is really kind of try to do something that's consistent um, have a routine. Like I was saying, you know, Mondays I would go and check all the invoice. So the condo project, I would be there every Monday, Monday, I may pop in on a Thursday. Um, I have a meeting with my uh, uh, maintenance supervisor every morning. So when I come in, me and him get, get together for 30 minutes. He lets me know, you know, what's going on, what kind of challenges he has, uh, if we need to, if we need to bring in a subcontractor for a partic- particular um, renovation or a work order that he may not be able to get to, something that's a little bit con- time-consuming, so every morning I do that with my maintenance guys. Um, and then, far as the leasing teams, the same way, you know, um, I'll have a meeting every Friday um, and just talk about hey, what's going on. Although I'm in the I'm in the leasing office every day. So I'll say, hey, what, what deposits do we have coming in? And I also see everything. So the leasing agent, I see their, their calendars. So I could check right now and see where all my leasing agents are based on their calendar. Um, so it, and it tells me um, you know, who who the applicant is or who they're showing, who's the lead, uh, their phone number, where they are, and then also where that lead came from on their calendar. So the routine is one of the biggest things. So, and then like Tuesdays, I'll do invoices for other properties Uh, Wednesdays um, like payroll, you know, so I have, I have set things that I do every day Um, and then miscellaneous. So really depending on what's going on after that, but mostly um, all that routine is in the morning. And then that way afternoon after lunchtime, Um, I could basically go out and see, um, if I need to check on anything particular that has come up, um, that was unexpected, that kind of thing. But the biggest thing is routinely and knowing where I can find that information easily, which is a big thing is like the calendars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to segment different responsibilities to different days of the week. I I've done something similar and, and that's really helpful. Um, so I'm curious uh, what you use for your leasing agent's calendar. Is it something like a, a Google shared calendar or what do you use for that?
0: Yeah, it, that's all it is. a uh, Google um, shared calendar. Okay. Yeah, I have, so if I look at my phone, it shows uh, my appointment, which they won't see all of my appointments, but um, if it's personal, it's on my phone. So, um, yeah, I make a little asterisk on there. Um, you know, if it's something that it's for personal, um, but I see, yeah, I, everything's Google shared, mm-hmm. uh, as, far as uh, with the management company. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that sounds good. Uh, it's great to be using that, those tools. So yeah, very good. So we've covered kind of the leasing process and we've covered some of the maintenance processes. Um, what about uh, accounting? You you did just mention kind of invoicing and payroll. Are you overseeing that as well, or do you have kind of a bookkeeper for that?
0: So I approve every invoice. They um, they do everything through QuickBooks and um, or pro- through PropertyWare, but everything mainly for payments and vendors. Um, that's all through uh, QuickBooks, and then it's um, connected with the PropertyWare system.
1: Okay. Yeah. What about any systems surrounding the bookkeeping process? Um, you you mentioned that you have a certain day where you review those. Um, anything else to make sure it's you know streamlined and to make sure that no nothing is kind of overlooked?
0: Um, some of the things um, I have an account manager, like I said, or uh, uh, a controller. So they so they also oversee that. So. Um, not only I have uh, like a maintenance supervisor, I have a, a office manager, I have uh, the um, account manager or a controller. So they also kind of look at all the funding and the financials coming through also. And then all that is um, uh, trick- trickled to me as far as in the reporting. And there's certain days that I also meet with them too. So that accounting team, you know, we'll meet on a, a Friday morning and that's when we go through, you know, if there's anything far as we need to address on vendors or if we need to go verify uh, work or something like that. That's when we'll do it. But yeah, everything's kind of routine, um, mainly in the morning. But, um, you know, having that, that uh, weekly meeting or daily, you know, really depending on who you're dealing with um, to make sure, you know, everything is going through. There's no um, issues that you need to address right away, which is really important to have those meetings um, every day.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, can you think of anything else from uh, business systems and processes uh, that we haven't already kind of covered here that is really important for the success of your portfolio there?
0: What I would say is, is continuously looking at different um avenues to, to, um, save money or to, uh, cut your costs. So, um, you know, vendors and contracts and everything else like that. You want to make sure that, you know, especially these times, I mean, rent collection is doing really well for us, but, um, it's always something annually you may want to, I just posted the other day in, in the Facebook group about, uh, lawn care. You know, we're coming up on summer. Well, um, you know, lawn care is growing, you know, faster, it seems like. So it's something that, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, that, that lawn care or that vendor is not adding um, expenses where you didn't know about it, or they're adding expenses um, that are not in the contract, or they're adding, adding expenses that, that you shouldn't be paying for that was supposed to be uh, covered in in the contract. So really know, you know, especially if you're dealing with um, pest control, lawn care, elevator companies, um, you know, any of those companies know what the, the, um, the contracts are and make sure what you're paying for and what you're not. Um, even dealing with general contractors on renovation, you know, you want to make sure that you're not paying, um, for material that they were supposed to pay for. So it's a lot of different things, but definitely um, make sure that you're not, you know, you're cutting costs where you can um, and that your, um, you know, your expenses are in line with um, what you were planning on um, uh, spending, you know, depending on what the project is or what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those are some great tips. I know that it can be easy, you know, if you've got your routine vendor that you go to for lawn care, as you've mentioned, you know, it could be easy just to, go with the same thing over and over again but if if you're not watching closely you know and kind of price shopping a little bit you know you you might not realize that you're overpaying
0: yeah
1: um i'm also wondering if you have any stories you can share with us about maybe a a real challenging time you've had that was maybe from a, a tenant a contractor a vendor you know or even working with the city you know, what was, has been really challenging and how have you learned from that?
0: I would, I would say, I mean, honestly, this just happened the other day. And I guess now you're bringing it up, um, is to document everything that you can. So, um, you know, with the city, so, so one of our properties, we have section eight and, um, this one particular, uh, um, uh, section eight inspection, they came in um, and I don't know why, but New Orleans subcontracts their inspectors now. When they used to be employees by New Orleans, hired by New Orleans, and, and lived here, and now they subbed out their inspectors. So anyway, they um they changed to this vendor, and we were not getting the um the letters that we're supposed to that tell us when the uh, inspections were. So anyway, December came, um, they went and in, in, inspected this unit, it failed. And it, was, it failed about something that was outside of the unit, which has never been in the, um, the list or whatever uh, that they, they would check. But anyway, we, um, we didn't know about it. They went. The tenant didn't tell us about it for some reason. They went back again and it failed again. So, in, in Section 8, they, they'll abate the rent that Section 8 will um, pay if it fails twice. So, um, I finally found out about that. The tenant told me, said, Hey, look, they they failed again because of this, the paint was chipping on the outside of the building. I'm like, they would never failed that before. But anyway, long story short, the COVID came in and Um, they abated the rent for February and that or March when they started all this stuff going on. So you couldn't get a hold of anybody. So I finally got a hold of the, uh, the, um, the person and said, you know, why, why did it take that long? I know COVID, they didn't come back and inspect it until like the end of March. So they held the rent back. I went back and I said, Hey, look, so we didn't know I could prove that y'all were sending the letters to a different address. I proved that because of the document that we had. And then we also had um, the work order that was put in by the tenant and our notes by the maintenance people, uh, our maintenance guys that fixed it right after we were notified. I proved all that to them. And uh, I got the email yesterday that we're getting that rent. Hmm. So they, all that abatement rent that they said that they were going to hold back they they are going to forward that rent to us now. Hmm. So the, the more of the story that is is to make sure that you document everything that you can. Hmm. So that you keep up your work orders, when it was done, who it was done by, and keep emails that, um, you know, proven that you had that communication or you didn't have that communication. So making sure that communication and document um, everything that you can.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's there's a lot of moving parts as we've talked about. Uh, there's a lot of people that you're dealing with, and yeah, it's important to keep track of all those communications, and uh, you know, for future reference when something like this comes up.
0: So, yeah, definitely. Very good.
1: We're gonna be wrapping things up here in a moment, but want to just give you another opportunity to let us know any other kind of tips that you have for people that are managing a large portfolio and how they can really achieve those highest returns for the property owners and um, really have a great experience for the tenants as well.
0: You know, the biggest thing is really communicating um, with the tenants also, you know, so when we, we um, we have a 60 day notice um, in our lease. So the tenant needs to tell us 60 days before um if they want to renew or not and what we do we do it as a courtesy to remind them also but it's also a time that we do is making sure that you know their maintenance issues are done um correctly everything's fine with their unit that they're enjoying that unit um so that that communication and then also um we also have an uh, inspection or a walkthrough every every quarter, so every three months we have a pest control contractor that we do as a preventative maintenance uh We go through and I have my maintenance supervisor go through with the pest control and that at that same time we um you know we ha- the maintenance greets the tenants if they're there, and we make sure that smoke alarms um you know the condition of the unit as well, and that we're not missing any uh, preventative maintenance um, that they that may not be calling us for. You know, so we, we try to have that communication with the tenants to make sure that they're enjoying their stay. And then on return, you know, obviously that stops with, um, you know, helps uh, prevent uh, turnover. Okay. And we also ask them, you know, if they put in their notice that they want to move out, you know, we always ask them why. You know, if it's, you know, moving out of town for work or whatever it is, I want to make sure at the end of the day that they're not moving out for something that we could have prevented. Hmm. That's the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I'm, that's a lot of good points right there. Uh, getting feedback from those tenants uh, to make sure they're satisfied. Uh, visiting the po- property quarterly, I think that's really important there. Um, and I don't think... Everybody, uh, in fact, probably many property owners and managers are not visiting their properties that frequently. Um, So that's, I'm sure, helping really to preserve the properties and, you know, prevent uh, bigger maintenance concerns from happening. Absolutely. So.
0: It's a lot. It's, uh, believe me, my my phone, I've got to charge it by 11 (laughs) o'clock, you know, (laughs) It's a lot I look at a lot of emails, a lot of calendars um a lot of things and just like you said, it's a lot of moving parts, and you know keeping up with it is just i don't know I guess I've just been doing it for so long that i've i've um you know just created that that routine and and you know making sure that I know what's going on at the same time,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds good. And I appreciate you taking some time to be with us on the show today. Um, I do have some closing questions as we get to the end here um, so that the audience can get to know you a little bit better. Um, So the first question is, why do you get up in the morning?
0: Why do I get up in the morning? That's a good question. Um, You know, I I enjoy life, Um, you know, one part of that, one big Part of that question is is my why my why I get up every day, so um you know I can see my wife and my kids I've got five grandkids that um we love to go and see every day, so you know we uh, we bust our butt every day every time we get up um it's for a reason, and that uh you know that reason is to have that financial freedom uh one day so we can spend more time with our kids and our grandkids.
1: Yeah, very good. Family's important there. Uh, second question is: What event or person in your past was monumental in creating who you are today?
0: Um, I would have to say my dad. You know, my dad. Um, he's always been a really hard worker. Unfortunately, um, you know, he's always been in a W two job, and um, you know, I see, I've seen him not spend as much time as i would have like and that's what i want i want to create something where eventually i can get away from a w2 job and and teach you know that's one of the biggest reason why i um you know came up with a facebook um group you know help help show and share value so others can um you know create wealth and grow together you know i don't want to do contract work all my life i want to teach others makes my job easier and that that goes the same way with being a you know an asset manager a property manager or even an owner you know you want to you want to build your team where you can walk away and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing to make my life easier and I could be on calls like this or um, spending time with my family so that that's the ultimate goal goal and that's you know um, I've learned a lot from my dad um, not as an entrepreneur, but as hard work, I don't really want to do that until I'm 65 years old. Sure, got it.
1: Well, that kind of leads into my third question, which was how can people get in touch with you? And uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, what's the name of the Facebook group?
0: The Facebook group that I created was, uh, it's the Multifamily Asset Management and Value Add um, Facebook group. Uh, Created it to add value, Um, we've got a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, I'm always on there. I'm always on Facebook as a, under my name also. So, you know, just trying to, um, you know, just grow with everyone and, and, um, you know, help grow, grow together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the, like I said, appreciate the group that you put together there. And I think just adds collaboration to our investment community and uh, property managers, asset managers, And so it's really great that we can all learn from each other. And so appreciate your contribution to that.
0: Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much. And to our audience, uh, if you got anything out of this conversation, uh, let us know. You can go ahead and comment on wherever you're seeing this or hearing this, maybe the YouTube channel or if you are listening to this on the go. Uh, It's great if you can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. we really appreciate your feedback that way. So, Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you on the next one.
0: Take care. Thank you, John.
1: The opinions shared on this show are for informational purposes only and should not be taken as a solicitation for representation or investment in any specific offering. Please consult with your financial legal tax and real estate advisor before making any investment decisions. John Styles is a licensed Minnesota real estate agent with Bridge Realty. Thanks for tuning in to Maximizing Your Property Value, The Apartment Owner's Guide to Operating Rental Properties as a Successful Business. If you're considering scaling up, downsizing or right sizing your real estate investment portfolio it's important to know how to determine your property's value in today's market that's why i've put together a free ebook for you called how to calculate your investment property's value to get your copy go to www.realestatestyles.com forward slash value now if you found any value in today's show be sure to subscribe to our email newsletter youtube channel and podcast through your favorite podcast player. All the links are in the show notes. And would you do me a big favor? Help me get the word out about this show by sharing with your friends on Facebook and LinkedIn. And lastly, we appreciate your five-star rating on iTunes. I really appreciate you and wish you the best in your real estate investing career. Signing off, I'm John Stiles with Bridge Realty. Make it a great day.